Good morning, Keystone Church, and welcome to Church Online. Uh, thank you so much for logging on this morning. Hope you enjoyed the worship this morning. I want to thank our band and our team for just uh, all the time and energy that they put into leading us in worship. And it's so important, even in these times when we're worshiping uh, at a distance from home, to have those worship songs in our head, those songs that uh, cause our our attention to be drawn to Christ. Uh, that's our ultimate goal. Every single week here at Keystone Church is to leave with the name of Jesus Christ on our lips, on our hearts, and on our minds. And I hope that this morning, even from your living room or wherever you're watching from, uh, that you worshiped Jesus. We are broadcasting from Vertical Church in Hillsboro, and uh, Pastor Ryan Brooks and their congregation was so kind to us uh, several weeks ago when we didn't have a place to meet and they allowed us to meet here as a church family and so we came and met here and then when we got the news about the virus situation and um, the recommendations from our governing officials um, Pastor Ryan was eager to allow us to use their facility once again uh, to record sermons in and so I just appreciate their generosity um, I appreciate the fact that they have a mindset that we're all on the same team here uh, trying to accomplish the same goal, that is getting the gospel, the good news, out to our community. So I appreciate them and uh, just their unselfishness. And I hope we as a church, Keystone, never forget this. Because one day when we have the facilities and we have the resources, I pray that we continue to live open-handed with everything that we have. Um, all for the kingdom, all for the capital C church. And I'm just excited to be able to preach to you this morning. We are back in our James series. As you saw the video there, evidence, evidence. We're asking the question, if you were to be put on trial for being a follower of Christ, would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's a very convicting question. Would there be enough evidence to convict you? The book of James speech, speaks much to the works that we do as a believer. The works that we do. And they do matter, by the way. What we do does matter. Today we're going to be in James in chapter 1. And we're going to be beginning in verse 19. If you want to go ahead and get your Bibles there, we won't read that text for a little while. But today's sermon is simply titled, A Mature Response to the Word. A Mature Response to the Word. It was a late evening in Troas and... The church in that city was welcoming a guest preacher, as we do uh, from time to time at Keystone. This man was none other than the Apostle Paul. Everyone in Troas had heard of the Apostle Paul, but very few, if any, uh, if any of them had ever met him personally. But his reputation obviously preceded him. The Apostle Paul was the former murderer of Christians who had turned into the world-changing missionary of the day, taking the gospel to the known world at the time. And Paul was there that day to bring the word. No doubt many people had worked hard the previous days, and uh, both in preparing for Paul to be there and then also in their regular jobs. And as the evening wore on, one young man, Eutychus, was sitting on the windowsill, on the third floor and dozed off while Paul was preaching. 
He wound up falling over 20 feet to his death. Has anyone been there before? To be honest. And if you would have happened to be sitting on a windowsill, you probably would have plunged your death just like Eutychus. Let me just say as a speaker, there's nothing more encouraging to a preacher than to look out in the audience and see the tops of people's heads as they are nodding off to sleep. And actually right now, Bethany, if you would elbow Brian and make sure he's awake, uh, don't let him go to sleep this morning. But we all know this. And fortunately, this story had a positive ending. The Apostle Paul went down. Uh, he ministered to Eutychus there. He prayed over his body. God raised Eutychus from the dead and healed his body. Uh, just a great ending there. But I begin today's sermon with that story to illustrate this. God's people need to have a thirst and a desire to hear God's word. I'll say that again. God's people need to have a thirst and a desire to hear God's word. That does not mean that I don't sympathize with those who sometimes struggle to stay awake during preaching. I can neither confirm nor deny as a pastor's son growing up in church my entire life uh, if that ever happened to me. All I will say is this. As a younger person, nothing could put me to sleep better than an uncomfortable church pew and a screaming preacher. That would put me right to sleep. So I understand. I completely understand. But the context in, our, in the text this morning that we're going to look at is that James had just highlighted in verse 18, which we spoke about last week, uh, salvation that was given by the word of truth. And now beginning in verse 19, he turns his attention to compelling his brothers and sisters in Christ to receive the implanted word, we'll find out, and to live according to the word. Let's look at our text this morning. If you have your Bibles, James chapter 1, verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Can we pray together this morning? Heavenly Father, speak through your word. Use the truth from your word, not to just inform us, but to transform us. God, I pray we would not just be a hearer this morning, but we would be a doer. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We mentioned the context. We read about the context of this passage here in verse 21 receiving with meekness the implanted word we want to be followers of jesus who follow his word and believe it and receive it by the way if you are a follower of jesus then you are a follower of his word that you cannot have one without the other if you truly are following jesus with your life then you will be following what he wrote down in his word for each one of us to live and to believe let's see this morning first of all that we should receive the word humbly 
We should receive the word humbly. Look at verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Our text today applies directly to how we receive God's word. Now, I will say, if we merely isolate verse 19... And we don't pay attention to verse 18. And we don't pay attention to verse 21. We can isolate this verse. And I would be tempted to merely preach this verse as behavior modification. This is what you should do. This is what you should not do. However, one of my favorite words is context. And when you read this verse and you apply this verse in context... We find out that we are contextually speaking of how we are to receive the word of God. Now you say, Josh, would it be absolutely wrong this morning for me to adopt this behavior in my life? Being quick to hear, uh, slow to speak, and slow to anger? Of course, that would be an amazing thing for you to do in your life. To be quick to hear, to be slow to speak, to be slow to anger. And by the way... There are, there are many, 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 many texts in Scripture that deal with those three things. That's not saying that those, that's not uh, right. That is a right thing. However, this morning, as we preach sequentially through the book of James, we need to make sure that we stay in context with the book of James. We cannot isolate one verse and simply preach what I want to preach. We need to preach what God intended for us to hear. So God's word presented in context will produce fruit. So let's look at these three statements that are made. And keep in mind, we're speaking here directly on how we receive the word. Number one underneath this main point is quick to hear. Being quick to hear. We need to humbly approach the word, ready to receive divine instruction and inspiration from the author. If God's word says it, then I'm all ears. If God is going to speak, then I want to listen. In fact, the creator of the universe, the one who created every living being and everything that we've ever experienced in this world, he wrote a book. And we have, a, and we have complete and unadulterated access to that book. Whether you're holding a, an old school Bible like I have this morning, or whether you have your Bible pulled up on your phone, whether you are logged on online and you've gone to a website that offers you a Bible translation there, we have the Bible at our fingertips. And we have access to our Bibles 24-7, 366, because it's a leap year. We would be foolish as followers of Jesus to ignore scripture, to ignore the word, to not soak up God's word every chance that we get to hear it. We should desire God's word in our personal Bible studies. By the way, if you're relying on your church, especially during this uh, virus that we're going through, if you're relying simply on a Sunday morning live stream and a, a Bible study maybe throughout the week on Facebook, if that's what you're relying on to get you through in your spiritual life, then you are missing out. Nothing Nothing can replace a personal time where you say, I want to be quick to hear, 
quick to hear God's word. When you wake up in the morning and you open God's word, be quick to hear. Before you go to bed at night, you open God's word and be quick to hear. Throughout the day, and, and the Lord knows I'm guilty of this, as we open our phones up, how about every now and then we open that Bible app instead of that social media app? And be, be, be quick to hear God's word. Be quick. Be quick to hear. We ought to look forward to hearing from God's word. We ought to look forward to times where we can privately open God's word and read it and allow it to speak to us. We ought to look forward to the times where we can study our Bibles with other believers in an interactive way similar to what we do in connect groups. We ought to look forward to that. But not, not only should we be quick to hear, but we ought to be slow to speak. Slow to speak this morning. We need to humbly approach the Word of God without already speaking into it what we want it to say. Let me repeat that, and I want you to, I want you to understand this. We need to humbly approach the Word of God without already speaking into it what we want it to say. We don't need to approach God's word talking. We need to approach God's word slow to speak. We need to approach God's word humbly. When we approach God's word talking, we are like that person who won't let the other person finish a sentence. Have you been around those people? I can be that person sometimes. I'm in a conversation with someone and they're talking and they're about to finish a sentence and before they can even finish a sentence, I've already started speaking. I, what, what am I doing? I'm not giving credence to what they're saying. It's not that important to me because before they can even finish what they're saying, I'm already piping in and talking. That's what we do when we approach God's word and we've already spoken into it what we believe it to say and what we want it to say. Truthfully, it's a disrespectful way to approach any conversation, but especially a holy conversation, a divine conversation that comes from God's word itself to us human flawed man. Imagine the disrespect when we come to God's word talking. Here's another way we do that when we hear difficult passages in scripture. For instance, sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. You know that? You heard that before? We are already thinking when we hear that verse. Now, how can I make this verse not apply directly to me? Sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. Well, let me see if I can explain that away because I'm going to come to this text already talking. I'm going to come to this text with my mind already made up of how I can make sure that doesn't directly apply to my life. And there are many, many other verses in Scripture that are difficult verses to hear. And we come to it with a preconceived notion. We come to it already knowing what we want to believe about it. And so we refuse to allow God's Word to speak to us because we are so quick to speak. But James tells us here to be slow to speak. Listen, when I open God's Word whether it's to study for a sermon to preach to you as our church family, or whether it's just in my personal Bible reading, 
I need to shut up. I need to come to God's word slow to speak. Slow to speak. Listen, as a pastor who wants to rightly divide scripture and wants to preach God's word accurately, I even need to be slow to speak once I'm preparing my sermon. I need to make sure and be slow to speak to make sure that I, as one who presents God's word to God's people, does so accurately and does so in the manner in which God would want it done. Even the tone of voice that I use, even in the manner in which I present it, I need to be slow to speak when I deal with God's word. But we come to it often with our mind made up. We come to it often already talking into the text instead of being quick to hear and being slow to speak. Thirdly, the, in that verse, in verse 19, we see slow to anger. We see slow to anger. And I admit this is a little bit difficult to apply to receiving God's word other than the obvious the bottom line is this an angry spirit is never in the same body as a listening and teachable spirit an angry spirit never exists in the same body as a listening or teachable spirit Now, you and I can rationalize our anger and we can call it whatever we want to, uh, whatever we feel like calling it that day, whatever makes us feel better about ourselves. But when we neglect to hear the word of God, uh, when we neglect to have a teachable spirit that listens to God's word, no wonder we act out in sinful anger. No wonder we act out in sinful anger. I often feel like I see followers of Jesus who are struggling in their spiritual lives. I I see it all over, and they actually practice the exact opposite of what this verse teaches. I see people who struggle in their Christian lives, and here's what they do. They are slow to hear, they are quick to speak, and they are quick to anger. You know anybody like that? Have you found yourself there sometimes? Slow to hear, quick to speak, quick to anger. That is a person who is not receiving the implanted word. That is a person who does not want to hear what God's word has to say. They want to speak into what God's word says before they allow God's word to transform them. And they have an angry spirit about it. Listen this morning, we must receive God's word humbly. Humbly. And if we will do so, if we will be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger, and we will approach God's word with that spirit this morning, God's word will change your life. But God's word will not change the life of one who has an angry unteachable and a refusal to listen in their spirit we need to receive god's word humbly but lastly this morning we need to receive the word honorably honorably look at verse 20 for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god 
Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. First of all, under this point, we need to receive the word with repentance. We need to receive the word with repentance. Tells us in verse 20, the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, we should put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Put it away. That is another word for repent. We ought to always approach God's word with a spirit of repentance. A spirit of repentance. God, if there's any sin in my life that would cause me to ignore your word, to twist your word, to try to explain your word away, God, please illuminate that sin that's in my life so that I may repent of that sin and truly turn my heart back to you. I repent of that sin. I turn from that sin. Why? Because I want to receive God's word with a repentant spirit. Because God's word does call us to repentance. God's word calls us to repentance. And I want to approach God's word. And, and you should want to approach God's word. And we as a collective church body should approach God's word with a spirit of repentance. I say this, we are not going to see true revival in our world and see, until we see true revival in our nation. And we're not going to see true revival in our nation until we see true revival in our communities. And we're not going to see true revival in our communities until we see true revival in our churches. And we're not going to see true revival in our churches until we see true revival in our families. And we're not going to see true revival in our families until we see true revival of individuals who will approach God's word with repentance. Revival begins with repentance. Revival in a nation begins with individual repentance toward God's word. Approaching God's word, accustomed to it, it becomes the norm. Approaching God's word with the spirit of repentance this looks like to me before I ever open up God's word to prepare a sermon on a Sunday it looks like me saying God change me through what I'm about to study God if there's a sin in my life and there is and there always will be that I need to repent of Holy Spirit, illuminate that. As I go and sometimes I'm able to hear other people preach, as a pastor, as a preacher of God's word myself and a teacher of God's word, I don't approach that with a spirit of judgmentalism. I don't approach that with a spirit of cynicism. No, when God's word is being opened, I want to approach it with a spirit of repentance. God, what are you speaking through your word into my life. God, what are you saying in your, in your word in this sermon that is supposed to speak to my life? And God, when it does, and it illuminates the sin of my life, God, I repent. Coming to God's word with a spirit 
of repentance. But not only that, we need to receive it in meekness. We need to receive it this morning with meekness, not just with repentance, but we need to receive God's word this morning with meekness. That word meekness simply carries with it the connotation of a spirit of gentleness, a spirit of teachability, a spirit this morning of of submission. It's the opposite of pride. And how often do we approach God's word with pride? How often do we approach God's word trying to think of the sins of other people? Trying to, man, I hope they got it. Man, I can't believe so-and-so wasn't here today. Sure hope they, they catch the podcast. They really needed that. No, no. We, we approach God's word and we receive God's word with meekness. With a gentle spirit. With a teachable spirit. With a submissive spirit. This is God's holy word that I hold in front of me this morning. It's God's word. Let me ask you today, follower of Christ. Follower of Christ, how well do you receive the word? How well do you receive the word? Are you guilty of approaching God's word with your mind already made up? Well, I already know what I believe about this well i already know i mean i was taught this and i was taught that and so i already got it doesn't matter what the bible says right here sell all your goods to feed the poor listen no 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 like i've already worked around that verse before or do we approach it humbly do we approach it slow to speak do you approach god's word with a condescending spirit and a spirit of superiority that would lead you to question and ultimately reject the truth that you're about to hear from God's word or just as worse that condescending and that superiority that would say oh this doesn't this isn't really for me I've got this part of God's word taken care of this is for this is for that guy over there this is for the lady over there I know the issues that she's facing and I know uh, the sin that's in her life and and so this this is not for me this is for sister so-and-so Are you slow to speak? Are you quick to hear? Are you slow to anger? Keystone Church and our friends that are watching online, simple question for you this morning. Do we respond maturely to God's word? The entire book of James is about becoming a mature Christian. Do we respond maturely to God's word? May I encourage you when God's word cuts you deeply, let it cut you deeply. Let it do its work in your life. Listen, when God's word, as it will often do, when it encourages you greatly, then let it encourage you greatly. Let God's word have its work in your life this morning. Let us truly be a people, whether you're a 
a member of Keystone Church or you're just a believer or maybe you're not a believer this morning, but let us be a people whose final authority in faith and practice is God's holy word. If you're joining us this morning and you're not a believer, you just tuned in, you saw it shared on someone's Facebook feed or something, and you've never experienced a new life in Christ, listen, we preached about God's word this morning. What we, the most important thing that we find in God's word is the gospel. It's the good news. It's actually interwoven throughout the entire 66 books. And it simply says this, that God created mankind and mankind utterly failed in their sin. And that you and I were born with a sin nature, Romans chapter 5 tells us, so that by default, you and I are sinners. I was never taught how to disobey. I was just good at it. I was never taught how to be a, re a rebellious teenager. I was just good at it. We are sinners by nature. But God, but God, he demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he have to die? Well, the Bible tells us that there's a wage of our sin or a penalty for our sin in Romans chapter 6. And that penalty is death. It's not a, necessarily a physical death. It's a spiritual death. And it occurs in our, after our physical death, we wind up in one of two places. It's either heaven or hell. And I'm sure you'd admit sinners deserve hell. But God, but God, he wanted to demonstrate his love. And he sent Jesus. Jesus, when he died on the cross, you, I'm sure you've heard that story, but Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. And he lived the life that you couldn't live. And you know what? He died on the cross as a perfect man. He died the death that you deserved to die. It didn't end there because... If we just said Jesus died on the cross for your sins, then uh, what good is that if he's buried and in the ground right now? Three days later, Easter Sunday, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks, Easter Sunday is the celebration of the resurrection of Christ. He rose from the dead, and when he rose from the dead, he declared victory over death, hell, sin, the grave. He rose to give you abundant life, and he wants to save you. You say, what does it take? We talked about a repentant spirit this morning, being, being repentant towards God's word. Well, the ultimate repentance this morning is a repentance of our sin and a belief on the name of Jesus Christ. I've asked you this morning, have you ever had a time in your life where you've repented of your sin and you've believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you have never done that before, or maybe as a young kid, you prayed a prayer. By the way, praying a prayer does nothing for you but warm up your vocal cords. If you've never had a true salvation experience, from life to death, from darkness to light, from hell to heaven. Would you this morning repent of your sin right there where you're at? And the best you know how to declare with your mouth your belief and your trust and your faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. Not your church attendance. Can't even go to church right now. Not in your giving. Not in how good you are to your community. Not in how kind you are. But in Jesus Christ and Him alone. For only He can safe. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. 
Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.